0: Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you um, on a subject that has been on my heart. It's uh, somewhat of a remix of a message I I preached six or so, seven months ago, but it's heavy on my heart, and somebody here needs it. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I'm going to, it's not quite the same message, it is titled the same, but it is different in, in the delivery today. Um. And, and so we're going to do it a little different. I, I want you to just close your eyes all across this building. And I want you to get ready to receive what this word is into your spirit. Because some of you are going to need to act on this word. Father, Lord, as I get ready to deliver this message that I know without a shadow of a doubt you have laid upon my heart. Lord, I pray that I only speak, Lord, what you want me to speak. And, Lord, the ears only hear what you want them to hear, what they need to hear. Oh, I pray that there's no transmission interference between the lips and the tongue. That the enemy does not come quickly to steal the seed or the word from our ears today. Lord, that we can completely and clearly understand your word, trust your word, believe in the word, respond to your word, and then receive the blessing from the word. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're already doing in this house and what you're fixing to do in this house today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I know here lately, uh, a lot of people have been in, in, in this area, have been sick in body. Mentally, physically, spiritually, God is able to heal you of anything. And I'm going to show you some things today. I'm going to answer a few questions, or really not questions, but I'm going to show you a few things in Scripture that you must get in your spirit first in order to receive what God's already done. Amen? See, if, if, you, if you're working at a company and, and you've worked there for a long time and you're ready to retire, you're going to get a retirement. But way before the retirement, the 20, 30, 40 years prior to that, you have had to believe that what the company said they were going to do was match some of your money, put money in a 401k or whatever you were doing, and they were going to take care of part of your money. You had to believe that that was going to happen so that when you get to the end to get the retirement that it would be there. God's word is much like that. We live out our lives and we go through life and, and we say we believe God. And we, but we, we hadn't really had sometimes had to draw on the, the retirement plan, if you will. We hadn't really had to draw on the word of God to help us through a situation. Now, I don't know uh, if you've never been there. I've been there more than once where I had to draw and pull. I had to have a demand on the Holy Spirit to get me through a, a, a place in my life. You know, you can, as a Christian, you can draw. You can have a demand on the Holy Spirit to get you through something. Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is, is a comforter. You can pull on him. You, you're not going to pull him down to do you. You can pull on him. He's strong enough to hold you up. He's, he's strong enough to get you through whatever battle you're facing. But you've got to know in whom you trust. And that's important. So that's where we're going to start this morning. I'm gonna, I am gonna. kept the same title, does God really want you healed? And that's just not a physical healing. There's many areas. Does God want your finances healed? Does God want you healed mentally? Does God want you healed spiritually? Does God want you healed physically? What is it? God is able to do anything that you think or ask above that. That's what the Bible says. So what I want us to get this morning, um, Hunter, I, I sound like I'm in a little bit of a barrel. I don't know how that sounds to y'all, but... Uh, Amen So here's what I want to talk about first The first thing that you do And you must believe in whom you are asking Is able to do what you're asking him to do You've got to believe that whoever you're asking to help you do something They're able to do it And if not, why ask? I've never asked anybody Hey, can you come over and help me uh, change a flat tire If they don't know what a tire looks like if they've never been in that, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't call Scotty to help me with my electrical work. Scotty may be an, a, an excellent electrician. I just don't trust him with it yet. Now, I trust Dale because Dale's in that business, all right? So when you ask for help, you need to have trust and faith in the person that you're asking is going to be able to help you do what you're asking him to do. So that's the first thing we must establish, even in the Christian church today, in the evangelical, even uh, the Pentecostal realm, the, the I believe in healing kind of church. You've got to believe that God is able to do what you're going to ask Him to do. Because if you don't get past that foundation, you're not going to receive what you're asking for. That's called doubt, it's called unbelief. So watch this. Now I took this particular one from the New Living translation, this passage in Second Timothy chapter one, verse 12, uh, 13 and 14. But uh, Second Tim, Timothy chapter one, verse 12 says this. Now, Paul is saying, his first statement may throw you, so I'll explain. It says, that is why I'm suffering here in prison. What he's suffering for is that he's been preaching the gospel, he's been teaching, he's been an apostle, he's been out, and they put him in prison. So, I don't want you to get hung up over that, because that's not really what I'm going to be talking about. But he's saying that that phrase, that sentence for that. He says, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know, watch this, for I know the one in whom I trust... And I am sure. Now the King James says, and I am persuaded. That means beyond any doubt. But the New Living Translation says, and I am sure. I'm sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until this day of his return. He's talking about the word. He's, He's sure that that word will be guarded. He's sure of that. It's important that you understand it's about the word. Now watch this. So first thing, you must believe in whom you're asking is able to do whatever you're asking to do. Here's the second thing. We must believe God's word is true. You have to believe in whom you're asking is able to do what you want him to do. Then if they respond and say, yes, I can help you, you got to believe that. You got to believe what comes out of it. Yes, I can help you. You ever ask somebody to help you do something and they didn't show up and they said they would Love, 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 love those people. You're in a bind and you're banking on them to come through for you in a situation to, to help you get, get, get past this problem or just some help. Maybe it's something around now. just something simple. And they said they were coming and, and somebody says, you got any help? Oh yeah, uh, so and so's coming. And they didn't show up boy, that's aggravating. And when that doesn't happen, you lose trust in that person, what they say. Because the next time you ask them, you'll say, somebody says, well, well, you got some help? Yeah, so-and-so said they was coming, but you know, last time, they said they didn't show up, so I got somebody else that's going to come if they don't. See, you don't really trust that word. You can't can't deal with God that way you got to be all in. Now watch this. Secondly, we must believe God's word is true. In verse th- uh, 2 Timothy 1.13 says, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me. Now Paul's talking to Timothy here. And he says, hold on to this pattern, this wholesome teaching, this truth. A pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard, watch this, guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Talking about the word. Timothy, hang on to the word of God. It is precious and it is true and you can bank on it. It won't lead you astray. It's not going to take you down a wrong path. With this word says it, you can take it to the bank. You can believe what the word says. So you got to believe that if you ask God for something you got to believe that he's able to do it. And number 2, if he says it in his word, you got to take it for truth. And those are foundational things for you to receive what God's already done for you. Amen. Let me let me help you with that the word of God is truth. In John 17, 17, it says this. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This may seem elementary, but sometimes when we get in the middle of our battle, in the middle of our fight, do you know it's real easy to forget the foundation, the fundamentals? It's easy to to just, well, God, where are you at? And go into your own pity party. I remember when I was playing basketball, uh, you know, ten years ago when I was in high school, and so, <laughs> several years ago when I played basketball in high school, and um, we we were okay, we were pretty good, we weren't the best, but we we were, you need to deal with us, okay, in in playing a game, and so I remember we would get into a game and and you know how you went in, you think, well, I got we got this, this is a. Uh, uh, a little old school from nowhere, and we got this. And they would come in and just spank you all over the court. And our coach would be, he was, boy, he was really animated. Good Christian man, but he was animated. Do you hear me? And and when you were doing so poorly, you know, it'd be like, you're 20 points down. And he would call a timeout and get everybody together and get them all huddled up, even get everybody off the bench. Huddle up, fellas. And he was, like I said, he's very animated. But it was like something would come over him and he would just calm down. You know what he'd say? Fellas, get back to the basics, know the foundation, know the fundamentals. See, our, our, our problem was we wasn't focused and we would make bad passes and they would steal the pass. We weren't focused when we would shoot and we would miss the goal. We, we weren't focused when we are supposed to be on defense. We were just lollygagging right over here looking at the cheerleaders. And he would say, get back to the fundamentals, the things that you know to, that work, that got you where we are today. This team is not that good. You're just playing very poorly. You don't believe that you can do this. And so I want to, what I want to do today is I want you to understand that today I want you to get back to some fundamentals. Some of the things that you know, see we didn't forget that as a basketball team from the, when, the, when the tip-off started to the third quarter. We didn't forget the fundamentals. We just didn't practice them. We didn't, we didn't put those into place. And so many times as Christians, we skip over the fundamentals And just expect God to win for us. And we're playing lousy. Not not trying to beat you up. I'm saying we we don't exercise our faith. We, we, We doubt whether God's word is really true. It's been a long time since I really had to ask him. So I don't know if he's really in the business still. Oh, he's in the business. He's in the business of performing what his word says. Many of you heard me pray this prayer. If I pray for you and you're sick, and I'll do that today, because we're going to have a time of prayer in a little bit. But I'll say, Lord, we're not asking you to do anything except what your word says you can do. Anything outside that, man, that's just the hocus pocus kind of throwing darts at the sky. But if you, what his word says, that's fundamentals. That's the basics. You get the basics down, you win. You win the game. Come on now. This is good stuff. So first you must believe who you're asking to do something for it, that he can do it, that he can do it. And then secondly, you got to believe that God's word is true, that whatever God says he can do, he can do it. Amen? Not only that he can do it, but that he's true. When he says he can do it, it's truth. So now you know in God's word, it's truth. The Bible says Right, in verse 17, John 77. Your word is truth. He's not talking about your word. He's not talking about my word. He's talking about his word, okay? So if we know in whom we believe and what he says is true, well, then I think we ought to just see what he says about that, right? So if we believe in him and we believe what he says is true, well, what did he say? Some of us don't know what he said. Some of us think we heard something that grandma may have said, and we, we take that for the gospel. Well, that might not be the gospel, by the way. Y'all remember the story I told you a long time ago about the, about the, 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 the woman with the roast? She had a pan. Had this roast in there. And, and she cut the tip of that roast off. Put it in the pan. And her husband come and said, what do you do that for? Well, I don't know. Mama did it. So it got raised the curiosity of the woman. So she called up mom and said, "Mama, you know when we back up. We put a roast in the oven. We cut the tip off. Why don't we do that?" She said, "Well, I don't. I don't know. It's what grandma did." Raised the curiosity of the mother. Mother calls up grandmother. Mama, why do we cut the cut the tip off the roast? Said, "I know there's got to be some special family secret. Something that makes this roast better." Grandma says, oh, no. Said, we as support, said, we get a big roast, we had to cut the tip off so we could all get it in the pan. See, it had nothing to do with the taste or anything, but it was a tradition, and some traditions are just useless. Sometimes you need to watch buy a bigger pan. Sometimes you need to think of God as being a bigger God than what you've been told that he is. He's a bigger God than Most people think, especially in our circles today, not knocking on this, we have a doctor here. We want to run the doctor before we ever say a prayer. We get bad news. Oh, God, help us. Jesus, Lord, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, what are you going to do for me? Heal me, Lord. And there's nobody here, but. So if we know in whom we believe and what he says is true, then let's see what he said about healing. In 3 John, the third book of John, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I'm, I'm doing uh, a minute of, of letting you let that in your spirit. I'm giving you just a second. God wants you to be in good health. Not just when you get to heaven. Do you understand when you get to heaven, you ain't worried about health? Because health, does, your spirit is not revolving around a physical body there. It doesn't need to be healed. It's already healed. It's, it's a spirit. Come on. So watch this. Psalms 107. How many believe his word's true? You believe his word's true? You still believe his word's true? Watch this. Psalms one hundred seven twenty said, And he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word. He sent his word. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It is Jesus Christ that has, he is the word incarnated come to this earth and he, when he left the comfort of the Holy Spirit resides with us now and he can, he can have the same authority living in you if you grasp this intellectually and in your spirit that same authority that Jesus had, you have to heal in his name. Don't get goofy and say, oh, you can do that on you." No, you can't do anything. Apart from God, you can do nothing. You can't even breathe if God didn't want you to catch your next breath. Do you understand that? You you won't be able to do anything if God didn't say you can do that. You won't be able to. So don't, don't misunderstand. That's why I prayed earlier in this message that you would hear correctly, that I would be clear. Because in you lives Christ Jesus if you're blood-bought born again. And in you, his word says that you're going to do greater things than, than he did. And it says this in John 14, I think, uh, 14, 14. He who believes, he who believes in me, who is that? It wasn't just the disciples. But it is, we've got to rewrite the whole book. There's a problem. So let me move on. I don't want to get off track. He sent his word and he healed him. He sent his word. What did we learn a while ago about? Your word is truth. It's truth. God's word is truth. Never deviate from what God's word says. When you deviate from what God's word says, then you get off in no man's land. You get out there in the goofy world. What does God's word say? Stick with that. You'll be okay. God doesn't want you healed. Why is healing listed as a benefit of God? That would be foolish to state something that is not real. If you went to apply for a job and say, what are your benefits? Oh, man, you health insurance. And you get there and you say, man, this is my job. That was the pivot. I want health insurance. Man, that's it. I'm signing up. Sign me up. And you go to work there and about a week goes by. And, and, and you're wondering, hey, when do I need to talk about this insurance? And you go into the human resource department, and you say, hey, um, I noticed when I signed up, you know, on the website and everything, it says that one of the benefits is health insurance. I, I'd like to talk to somebody about that. And they say, oh, no, we don't offer that. Well, but, but, you're, you, but it said that you did on the website. You said, you know, uh, health insurance after, after 60 days or 90 days, I, I, I want to get my family. Say, well, we don't have that, we just put that on there so we'd entice you to come. We don't really have that. We just pay a wage and that's it. I'm going to be mad. God doesn't operate that way. If he says it's a benefit, his word's true. Is not? Is it not? His word's true. And if he says healing is a benefit, then it's a benefit. You can receive the benefit just like you see receive the check. Psalms 103 verse 1 says this. Um, the Psalm of David. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Boy, if we could just get to blessing him with everything that's within us, that'd change our lives right there. That'd probably be enough. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I think he wants us to bless him. And forget not all his benefits. And then here... Not only is he telling you, you got benefits, he starts listing the benefits. He's so sure that he can do what his word says, he'll list them for you so there's no misunderstanding. So we're very clear because God's word is true. So here's the benefits. He says, and don't forget my benefits. Verse 3. I'm going to kind of read it in first person. I forgive all your iniquities, meaning God. Don't forget them, I can forgive all your iniquities. Then he says this, and don't forget this either, I can heal all of your diseases. We have no problem as a church believing that he can save us and and forgive us of our iniquities, but we have a huge problem saying and believing that he can heal us of all of our diseases and it's in the same word. What he did on the cross was not only we I, I don't like it when they say it's only for the salvation part. that is misinformation. Mis, uh, that, is, that is false doctrine. When he said it is finished, it covered everything his word said he was able to do. And one of those benefits in his word, you still believe his word. It says that one of his benefits is that he can heal all of your diseases. Here's another. In verse 4, he says, who redeems your life from destruction. You ever felt like you are in a pit? You ever been bound with a stronghold or an addiction or something like that? He's the God that not only can forgive you of your iniquities, but he can redeem your life and make it profitable, make it good to build the kingdom with in the future. That's what his word says. Thank God, I like that verse too because where I was, he had to do two things in it. He had to forgive me of my iniquities and he had to redeem old Marty and say, now look, I can make you profitable for the kingdom if you'll just trust my word. So I know that these benefits are true because I've experienced so far all three that I've talked about. Forgiveness of iniquities, the healing of the body, And the redeeming of my, my soul, my spirit, or my body that was already in destruction. It was in a pit. If I kept going down that road, wow. Are they true? Some of you can look at your own life and say, so far, I've experienced all three of those. So far, I've experienced one of those or two of those. Why? Because his word is true. What's good for me will be good for you. What he did for your grandmother years ago when everybody was a lot more christian Christianese, He can still do today. Just because the world is going to hell in a handbasket, it seems, doesn't mean God is saying, oh, oh, what are we going to do? Let's call a meeting of all the elders in heaven. Let's get old Gabriel and them around. We got to figure out. where Micah, get Mike. We got to figure out what we're going to do. Oh. He doesn't have a special committee meeting. I said this in our staff meeting this morning. There's no urgency to God. He doesn't get excited. I watched the Three Stooges yesterday. bunch of buffoons. They had the Acme Pest Control. And everything was good until one of them saw a mouse. And man, you, you know how they get all excited. I could do it for you, but the Holy Spirit would leave you, and they kind of jump up and they run in place. Yeah, there you go. Everything got excited right there about that crazy mouse in the house man if we could get excited like that about what God's word says there's no telling what God could do in our lives I'm tired of coming in church and praying and playing and for the same old thing over and over when we serve a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything watch this that you think or ask that's the God we serve that's the God you say you believe his word that's what he said problem is we just don't think he will we pretty much know that he can we just don't believe that he will but I'm here to tell you his word is true. And his word says that he's healer. His word says that he heals you. His word says he delivers you. His word says he'll forgive you of your iniquities. His word says that. You need nothing else. You don't need a fuzzy running up down your back. You don't, you don't need chill bumps and goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Although I like those every now and then. That is not what God is about. He's not about the feeling. He's about his word. He's about what my word says I can do. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how far you went down this road. I can redeem you from, from the, the pit. I don't care what the doctors have said. I'm a healer. I can pull you back from, I look, you can be dead three days and I can raise you up. That's the God I am. Hope you hear my heart this morning. He who redeems your life from destruction, verse four, and says, "Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies?" Oh, that's a benefit. Praise God. He, I got a lot of work to do in, in that area, but He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. I was telling my wife just this, just last night. We were discussing my pit, my destruction, my not so loving kindness, my not so tender mercies toward people got me all excited because his word says, loving, I'll crown you with loving mercy and kindness, tender mercies and kindness. I've seen that in my life. It is a benefit. I know I'm laying some foundation, but I want you to get this. Verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like, wing, uh, like eagles. Here's the next. If God doesn't want you healed, why would, did he take all the torture, the beating and stuff so that you could be? Why did he do that? What was the purpose? Please tell me if you think that that's not true. Please email me. Let me know. Well, this is why I don't believe that. You mean you're going to tell me that it was prophesied this is what would happen to him in Isaiah 53. It was prophesied this is what would happen. It was prophesied that if this happened, this would be a benefit. That you would have peace. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. That, that the, he was bruised for your iniquities. And, and that, he was, that he was the stripes for your healing. That was prophesied in Isaiah. If it was not true, why would he go through that? He went through it for two things. One, he could fulfill the word of God. And number two, he had a benefit. And the way to get that benefit to you was somebody had to suffer and be that, be that sacrifice, if you will, so you could be healed. He was bringing back that thing that the man, man cursed when Adam fell. He was redoing some things. He said, wait a minute, I love my people. What's this? While I'm there, I'm going to die for their sins, but I'll take some stripes for their healing. Woo! How much room we got back there? Because I may come, if I come flying around through there running because I'm excited, just give me some room, okay? Give me some room. Don't trip me. 1 Peter 2:24 says is who who himself bore our sins in his own body there's, there's that on a tree there's your salvation and that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you're healed The prophetic word of forgiveness of sins and healing almost always go together Who you believe God's word, don't you? It's what it said. I just read it to you. Don't believe what I just said. Believe what his word says. Here's another. Isaiah 53, 5. But he who was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Read it out loud. Again, two different verses. If you hung up on Old Testament, that's for them. Well, we just read 1 Peter 2, 24. That's New Testament. Same God. Same Word. Same application. You just believe His Word. I believe we've gotten so hung up when it comes to things of God, the, the benefits of God. And y'all know me. I'm not an emotional kind of get out there and, and stuff. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm kind of. I can be, but I'm, I'm really pretty pretty solid. But I'm going to tell you, we believe this lie so long that that was for back then and it's not for now well if healing was for back then and not for now so was salvation because his word as we just read it it's together Psalms 103 what did it say? that he had these benefits and he listed them what? together Isaiah 53, 5, eight, together. First Peter two, 2, together. I mean, if one's done away with it, they're all done away. Why, let's just go, hey, let's go get us a, a nice tall drink. And let's get on over to the Mexican restaurant. Because that's all we're doing. We're just wasting good time. Let's drink and be merry. Amen. If God doesn't want you healed, why did kings and prophets say he was a healer? You believe the prophetic word of God? Do you? Well, I'm fixing to show you that in his word, that kings and prophets said he was a healer. Psalms 30 verse 2 says, "O Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. That word cried out means to cry out, to shout. Jeremiah 17, 14, prophet said, Heal me, O Lord. I love this verse. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, what does it say there next? Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. When I got saved, I didn't doubt right then that I was saved. Now there've been a few things happening in my life where I was kind of crazy there, but I believed I'm saved. I, I, I do some things there, but I know I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven. His word says, "Lord, if you heal me, I will be healed." If we could grasp that in our spirit as much as we believe I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, Lord, you heal me and I'm healed, period. Put the earplugs in. Don't listen to other people and say, but everybody's got one of them and they smell. Stop it right there. That's not what God's word says. His word says, I got benefits and I'll heal you. That old word, if. What if he don't? Well, let me just throw something out at you, church. Please understand this. The worst thing that can happen to a bloodballed born-again believer is you keep living. Think about that just a minute. You're blood bought, born again. The worst thing that happened to you is you keep living. The best thing that happened to you, you get to go and be in the presence of Jesus. Either way, I win. Either way, this is awesome news. But God wants you to live. God wants you healed. Watch this now. God doesn't want you healed. So you can stay on your blessed assurance and do nothing. I can show you in Scripture where God says that if you believe in me and these works, greater works than these, shall you do. He said, if you don't even believe me, at least believe the works that I'm doing so that you can tell others. At least believe what I'm doing. At least believe what you see. One healing is worth a thousand sermons. Think about it. One healing's worth a thousand sermons. Remember that old saying: "A picture's worth a thousand words." That's really not true now because it got Photoshop. But used to be. When you had the Polaroid camera, and you had to get it out and wave it. Now some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Polaroid. Don't touch that. The way you looked. And that picture is really the way you looked. I got folks that, they don't, I look at them and say, who is that? That ain't the person I saw yesterday at church in Jesus' name. The Lord is healer. He is a healer. I'm just saying. <clears throat> God doesn't want you healed. Why did Jesus heal so many people in the Bible? About 44 times you'll read just in the Gospels, Jesus healed. I think there's something to it. Jesus wants you healed. Jesus wants you set free from your addictions. Jesus wants you set free from your strongholds and your bondages. Those things that only you know that's happening in secret. God wants to heal you of those things too. But so many times we don't believe that he can. I've been doing this so long and it's just, it's just part of my life. And I, I'll, just, I'll just hide that and I'll just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I, you know I got that, but here I am. No sir, no ma'am. You give it to him and say, God, whatever you got to do in my life to help me get rid of that. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's alcohol or tobacco or pornography or whatever it is. You get serious about it and say, God, I want you to take this from me and I want you to do whatever you need to in my life to help me get rid of this. Now, you just buckle up. Because he's not short and not slack in his promises. He will help you you're not going to think it's going to be help right off. All of a sudden, you're going to be on your face pleading, God, please take this devil from me. He said, it ain't a devil. It's just you. I'm just trying to get you out of you so I can use you for the kingdom. You ask for it. He can do it. I think a lot of times we don't want our healing simply because if we got healed, what are we going to talk about to people? John six thirty eight. if God doesn't want you healed, why did he, uh, he heal so many people in the Bible? I've just got about three of these. There's so many. John 6.38 says, for I've come down from heaven. Watch this. I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Matthew four twenty four says this. Then his fame went out all, all throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon possessed epileptics and paralytics and he healed them now I don't know about you but from a pastoral standpoint I, I don't know how I could do that everybody showed up and everybody's sick everybody needs something where are the people who don't need anything where are the people who can help me do it who's going to help me pray for you but everybody said all of them coming that's all sick It was some crazy folks showed up there was some, they, they drug in, and and all the, and everybody was sick. And, I mean, how would you like to be an evangelist and show up? Everybody's sick. What's wrong with you? I'm just sick. I'm tormented. I got demons. I got this. Anybody normal in the house? No, no, we all got problems. We just need healing. Whew, what a challenge. To humanity. But not a challenge to God. Because His Word says, He healed them. Watch this in Matthew 15:30 says, Then great multitudes came to Him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet. And he said, y'all are just too far gone for me to do anything with. Y'all have a good evening. Oh, don't forget to put something in the plate when you leave. We got another big ministry. Got another big venue tomorrow night, and I need some cash. But y'all be blessed in Jesus' name. not what he said. They brought him. What did he do? And he healed them is his word. He only did what his word said he could do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just bam, there it is. Man, this is so exciting to me. So the, in verse 31, 15, 31, Matthew 15, 31. So the multitude marveled when he saw the mute speaking, when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. They marveled. If people saw him, saw miracles today. Some of you say, Did y'all see that? That was awesome. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But you would marvel at it. You know what they did? They told everybody they could come in contact with. Let me tell you about Jesus. I heard that he could heal, but I saw it. That's all you need to do is witness one. It takes your belief to a whole new level. Boy, it's quiet up in here. We ought to be excited because there's sick people in the house. There's tormented people in the house. There's bound up people in the house. There's people with strongholds in the house, in this house, right here. And we're talk, I'm talking to you about a Jesus that set you free. I'm talking to, to you about a Jesus that his word says, I can do anything. Anything you can think, I can do more than that. I'm that God. I am that God. Praise the Lord. Is healing available for us today? That is the question that everybody wants to debate. I don't know why. It's right in Scripture that it is. Watch this. John 14, 12 says, most assuredly, I say to you, everybody repeat these five words. He who believes in me. Let's say it all together. He who believes in me. That's you. That's me and you. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, you believe in him? That's you. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because what? I go to my Father. In you alone, you have nothing. You're zero. You're a zilt. You're nothing in, by yourself. But if you believe in him and you allow the holy spirit to work through you, you can pray for people and they can be healed. You still believe his word? That's what his word just said. That's not the Marty living translation. That's what the Bible says. And watch this, and what have you ask in my name that I will do that my Father in heaven may be glorified or that my Father may be glorified in the Son? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Here's the biggest hang-up we have. One of the biggest hang-ups. So number one, we think it's, a lot of times we think it's for back there. That's incorrect. Number two, when we pray for somebody, Now, hear me out when I tell you, because I love you. When we pray for somebody, we want people to leave the church house, I feel the Holy Ghost, and say, man, look what they did. If you start out with that mindset that you want the glory of what God's going to do through you, he's not going to do anything through you. Because the Bible says no flesh shall glory in his presence. And if his presence is not here, you're not going to be healed. It's not about you and what you do. It's about what he's already done on the cross. And we're saying, Lord, we need that provision, that benefit to be manifested here. He'll use people, always has, always will. He's going to use people to accomplish that. But don't get caught up in this thing. Hey, I was there. I got it going on. You don't have anything going on. You could drop dead this second. As the the old preacher said one time, you couldn't catch your next breath in a fast car if God didn't want you to. Have it. And I believe that. It's about a body of believers coming together. Believing what his word says. And saying, Lord, we only want you to perform what your word says. You don't need anything outside this. I don't need anything outside his word. I just need him to do this. Amen. We got about, we got a few minutes here. Of course, we got all day. If you're sick and you need prayer time, it's not your issue. (laughs) You got time. So Lee, will you come up and just, I want you to do this. this is totally different. I don't even know we don't do it this way. We're going to, just something, uh, just something kind of soft. Uh, just uh, what we're going to do is you start playing. What we want to do is I, I want to, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to have his way in here. I want you to, in your mind, say, Lord, I want you to rem- help me to remove all doubts. Anything that may hinder me from from believing what your word says. Let's let's get in that mindset, that frame of mind that God can do what His Word says He can do. And when we get through doing that, I don't care what your issue is. It can be physical sickness. It can be spiritual. It can be a stronghold. I don't I don't care because. I can't do anything for you anyway. If he doesn't come do it, well, you still got it. What do you have to lose? You came with an issue, you can leave without it. You don't have anything to lose. Now, I know that in this church, some of you have been asked to be on a a prayer team, and you know who you are. And so, just a minute, we're going to pray. And before we get through praying, I'm going to have you come up. Because I want to know where you are. I want you here. If you've been at, you already know who you are. I want you up here. And then we're going to ask the others to come up, and we're going to pray. You have, listen to me church, you have the same authority in Jesus Christ as I do. I'm just a pastor in the physical realm. Come on, you have the same authority. You have the same authority in him to lay hands on people and they get healed as I do. Bow your heads, Father. Father. And if we could, too, as we have our heads bowed, it's not 12 o'clock yet. Could we please be so reverent to the Holy Spirit? Just be reverent. If you've got to leave in a few minutes, you, you go ahead and leave. But please be reverent. Please be quiet. But I'd rather you stay and help us pray. let's pray right Father Lord if there's any doubt in my life in my mind in my spirit that you can do what your word says Lord I repent of that Lord help me to believe what your word says help me not only to believe in whom can perform it but that what he said he can do, he can do. Help me, Lord, to believe that what you said you could do in your word, that you can perform it today in the lives of people. Come on, Holy Spirit. Have your way on. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Just move and breathe through this auditorium from in the balcony and through the main floor. Lord, just begin to breathe healing upon people. It's already been provided, Lord. Lord, we pray for a manifestation of healing. Call out whatever, whatever it is that you need healing. I'm fixed to ask you to come forward. Whatever, it is, begin to begin to begin to call that out. Said, Lord, I give you my sickness, my disease. I give you my stronghold. Whatever it is, begin to tell Him. Just let Him, Lord. I'm giving it to You. I need to be healed of it, Lord. Who? Oh, breathe in this place, Holy Spirit. Lord, that you may be glorified. Lord, I'm asking you to heal sick bodies in this place. That you may be glorified. Father, I'm asking you to take the tormented and heal them. Lord, that you may be glorified. I pray that you would take people and break strongholds off of their life. That you may be glorified. That people may marvel and be praiseworthy to you. Lord, that you may be glorified. That you may be glorified.